Welcome to Take Flight Podcast with Daniel Johnson, Olu Okonola, Pabilo Timbo and Shuel Ahmed as your hosts. Take Flight Podcast is released weekly, giving you behind the scenes business views into multiple industries, as well as highlighting the backstories of entrepreneurs and leaders in their respective spaces. We will also be breaking down business models, examining latest trends in businesses and sharing our learnings along the way. Take Flight Podcast is a university business class packaged for a diverse and inclusive audience. We blend this together for a unique and exciting look into the world of business. Join us, your hosts, who are coming from underrepresented backgrounds in the UK, have since worked and traveled to over 100 countries, learned our craft in some of the largest companies in the globe, started our businesses, as well as invested across multiple asset classes. As we give you a unique and inclusive perspective with the mission to help other potential flyers get ready to take flight. Since its start in 2019, Take Flight Podcast has grown to have listeners in over 50 countries. It's in the top 5% of podcasts globally and continues to grow and expand. Come join a growing community. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. Welcome to episode 117. On this week's episode, we will be deep diving into Apple. Apple is one of the most recognizable companies in the world and became the first company to reach 3 trillion on the 3rd of January. Millions of its devices are all over the world. But on this week's episode, we discuss the history of Apple. We discuss how Apple became the biggest company in the world. And then we zoom out and predict the future of Apple and which five companies will be the largest companies in the world in 2032. Stay tuned and let's get started. Welcome back, listeners, to episode number 117. Guys, how are you doing? How are you doing, Shuel? Right, cool. I'll kick it off. No, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I came back from a, a, a mini break in, in Switzerland. Uh, great skiing trip, but I think the highlight of the trip was uh, spending time with the, the beautiful Timbo family. So I got the chance to catch up with them all face-to-face, which actually means I've been able to catch up with all of you in person in the, in the last uh, last month. But no, it was a great trip. Great to catch up with P in person. Great to catch up with a few other friends, uh, see some of the mountains, do some skiing, and not break any any bones. So yeah, it was a, it was a nice nice break. Was that your first time skiing, or do you... No, nah, bro, before? I've been doing this for four years now, bro. You can't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't skier. Season skier. I've, 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 I've skied in Japan. I've skied in Sweden. I've skied in Switzerland. Don't don't come at me like that, all right? I'm a, I'm a certified, <laughs> certified skier now. The question I have is, if you total the amount of time you spent on the skis during that period of time, how long was it? Just put it this way: he's off. He's off to he's off to China next month for the um, Winter Olympics. Exactly, <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm repping two countries. I'm, I'm repping. I'm repping the UK and Bangladesh. So if anyone's out there, yeah, don't watch that. Don't watch that. All right. Oh, but you've been, um, sure, you've been living good, man. You've been traveling, Mister International, Miami, London, Switzerland. Are you planning to stay still anytime soon? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay still for the next uh, couple of weeks. So yeah, all, all good. But yeah, need to you need to enjoy it while you while you can, right? So next, but, next trip, sure, you sure. invite me. Invite me. Sure. How do you do, do it though? You know, do, doing a full time MBA, doing you know traveling, Mister International. How, how do we be property like as well? May so, well, balance, first of all, it's a, first of all, the balance is it's a part time MBA, not a full time. Oh, so there's some there's oh, some balance there. Um, but no, it's, it's all good. It's, it's all areas that I that I love doing. And actually, the traveling people may think that it's a, a 
challenge wise logistics but that actually gives me the energy to keep going with the other stuff so i think um as long as i have a trip in the calendar it gives me the energy to keep going um hard with all the other other things whereas it's a, it's a fine there's a fine balance if you speak to my parents they probably think i'm doing too much uh but yeah all, all good it keeps me keeps me going but daniel how are you doing then with that with that question because you're looking i mean i don't know if the listeners will be able to see see this if you're listening to this on um spotify or apple Podcasts or whichever platform you use just please make sure you subscribe but daniel how are you doing because you're looking very fresh always looking fresh you know when, when i know there's a podcast recording around the corner i need to make sure i've got a fresh trim but no, I'm, I'm doing well um had a few weeks of of rest um then i was busy for a week um now on a different type of rest but to find out what that's going to, well, what I mean by that type of rest, you're going to have to stay plugged in and listen to the next Take Flight Takeaway or I will share more of what I've been up to the last six weeks, let's say, um, and what the year ahead looks like for me. Um, and I'm sure you're going to be surprised, let's put it that way, very surprised. And stay guys, tuned. just to just, just to underline what Daniel just said, we spoke about what his episode will be next week before we started recording, and it is a bombshell. So make sure you tune into that next week. For sure. You're going to receive a lot of phone calls afterwards. <laughs> Are you sure? So Olu, how have you been on, on your side? Um, I've been good. I can't complain. Um, I think it's crazy to think that we're at the end of, or coming up to the end of January, already um um work is going well lots of changes there um personal life lots of changes but going well there as well um but i'm feeling sort of low and down today but i hope the listeners can't tell and i hope my three members are able to sort of help and carry me during this episode but i'm excited for the conversation so p lastly how are you doing yeah all good really good i mean what to to shuel's point it was really great to see him um, you know, the last time he saw Shua was when he was one. So there's been a transformation there. I even said to Shua, you know, when was the last time we caught up in person? Because we're on take flight all the time and talking, you just forget. So I thought it was at some point last year. And he says, no, it was it was Q4 of 2020. So it showed me how fast time flies. I haven't seen you guys in over a year now as well. Um, but yeah, you know, it was great, great to have you around. Um, doors always open. Um, back into the swing of things with work. Family's great. And back in back in the market, um, looking to secure more property deals. So, um, good. I'm really good. And nice. guys, just you know that that open that open invite from Pabilo is well worth taking him up on that invite because the setup that Pabilo has yeah. now with the family <laughs> and the new place it is well worth the visit. And Karen was a was an amazing host for me as well, walking me through all his toy selection and everything. So for anyone listening to that <laughs> offer, make sure you take up P because he's got a, a beautiful space with the family. Yeah, I didn't know the invitation was open that wide, but we can, <laughs> we can yeah, reach out to me on Instagram and we can talk. <laughs> we can talk. Um, but yeah, it's an experience. That's no, good. Fantastic. So let's get started um, in this week's episode. Now, I wanted to talk about Apple. And at the beginning of the year, um, 3rd of January, it was announced that Apple had reached a 3 trillion market cap number, right? And 3 trillion is just crazy to fathom how big that is, right? The largest company in the world. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes in the market. We're seeing corrections um, when it comes to lots of tech companies, but still, 
Apple is the largest company. So I thought it would be good to deep dive into the history of Apple, how they became the largest company, and what would the, the next 10 years look like? Because I think there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of fear right now in the market. And I think by breaking down what we think about a business, doing a little bit of analysis of a business, and then looking at our forward forecast, it might give some of our listeners the opportunity to think, okay, should I be fearful? Uh, if I'm planning to invest for a long period of time, maybe I shouldn't care if Apple's dropped slightly or other big tech companies have dropped slightly. So I'm going to start by just going into the background of Apple. So the company history, I think a lot of people know Apple. I would say it's one of the most recognizable companies in the world. Um, Apple was founded in 1976. Um, it feels like all large um, American companies always started in a garage. Um, but it was started by three founders, um, Steve Jobs, um, who's passed away. Um, Steve Wozniak and another person by the name of Ron Wayne, who actually left the company. Now, when Apple first started, it started as coming up with just a desktop computer. So it started with a product called Apple One. Now, this was a kit computer. So imagine all of us are in different locations right now. Imagine ordering your computer, Mac, whatever, and having to build it and put it together. So it was a computer kit. That's where it initially started. Four years later, they did an IPO. So in 1980, they did an IPO roughly around, at the time, $22. Due to the fact that the company had multiple splits, if I convert that to like relative amount right now, you're looking around... 10 cents was how much it was when it first IPO'd. And now you're looking at a multiple of around 179,000. So again, numbers that are very difficult to fathom. Now, the evolution of Apple started with sort of, like I mentioned, the laptops. The biggest sort of announcement initially was 1984 when they released the Macintosh. Um, then in sort of 1985, Steve Jobs left the company, which is something that a lot of us know. He left the company um, due to sort of internal turmoil, um, started a company called Next. Um, at that time, Apple was really competing with IBM. IBM was their number one competitor. Anyways, fast forward in, um, Steve Jobs joined back um, Apple after Apple purchased Next. Um, and then the company started to just innovate. And when I mean innovate, they launched, everyone should know, the iPod was the first innovation in 2001. Then they created the iPhone, which was in 2007, and then sort of the iPad. Now, if I just think about the revenue growth from 2000 to sort of 2020, they went from a 7 billion revenue to now around 365 billion. Again, large numbers, crazy to imagine. And that revenue is split around 50% of that revenue comes from the iPhone. A lot of the... Um, additional revenue comes from services. So that's iTunes, the App Store, and then some of the other products such as iPad, the iPods, which some of um, AirPods that some of us are wearing and some other wearables like iWatch, et cetera. So that's sort of the background. Um, like I said, beginning of the year, then they hit that 3 trillion mark. Um, so I just wanted to start off by saying, or asking you guys, did you ever imagine Apple would be the largest company in the world. When did Apple sort of start to get on your radar and you started to think, oh, wow, 
this company is going to take over the game. Yeah, maybe I'll take a stab at that one. I think when you look around and all you see is Apple products, you know, you're pretty much, that that can kind of convince you to, to understand just how, just their presence in this world and I guess the how big the brand is, right? So I don't think personally, to answer the question precisely, um, I haven't been surprised by their growth. I haven't been surprised at the sort of the milestones that they've reached. Um, when looking into this, one of the things that came across, and you mentioned this in your opening, Olu, is innovation, right? They've never been constrained by by yesterday, and they've just been highly innovative in in what they've done. And I think it's a great um, example for not only tech companies but all companies as to the importance of innovation and how quickly you can you can continue to innovate to serve customers. So, um, you know, based on that, no, definitely not surprised. And I think everywhere you look today, someone has a form of an Apple product, right? Um, if not the full ecosystem, but something. Do you remember when you got your first um, Apple product? Because I'm sure you used to have a Nokia back in at uni. Yeah, come on. Nokia, <laughs> Nokia. <laughs> Wait, just, just for the listeners, Pabila had a Nokia until very, very deep into the late 2000s, guys. He's lying. He's lying. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for think... some of our listeners, if you don't know what Nokia looks like, just Google Nokia. I'll tell, you... probably... <laughs> tell you one thing, though. I remember um, Leslie back in school he bought the iPod and this, this gadget was, and, and um, he was explaining to me that this is basically the thing, right? This is, and it was super expensive. So my first experience was actually um, the actual iPhone. I think, I think it was work, you know, the company I work for giving me the phone as a company phone. Um, and then I think once you get an iPhone, it's very difficult to switch to a different product. You just continue to go through and you, you step up to the next um, um, iOS or whatever device they've got next, and you continue that way. So it's, um, yeah, they get Innovation. you locked into that ecosystem, all right? Why and then just sure? to, yeah, just to build on, on, on P's point, and shout out Leslie and the Mandem podcast, by the way, for, for, uh, opening P's eyes to the tech forward, uh, mindset. <laughs> we're, talking um, like, think... we're talking like in year eight, this guy had the first iPod, and I remember him like shuffling the songs, and I was thinking. <laughs> This device is cool, but it's crazy expensive. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's. Um... But I, I think also reflecting around that around that time, probably a little bit earlier. So if I think about even just ten years back, um, I think at that point I wasn't so focused on what the trends were, and I just thought whatever I had was the best thing that's available. And at that time, it was all Blackberries, BBMs, and everything. Um, and actually, recently, it's funny that we're talking about this. Recently, with um, my role in my day job, if you want to call it. I asked the team to watch the Apple iPhone launch. So this is Steve Jobs launching the iPhone back in 2008. And what I wanted the team to try and get is to try and be inspired by the way Steve Jobs is launching the iPhone and translate that into how we want to launch a product that we're launching this year. And then watching that video, I reflected in 2008, 2010, BlackBerry was like the phone at the time. I think probably all of us had one or we knew someone that had one. But if you look back at that launch event the excitement that steve jobs has and the way that he presents the product and the benefit that it has for a customer i think if i was a lot more open-minded back then and observant then probably i would have invested in in apple of, of some kind but at that point i was a bit more closed-minded and i just thought if i've got a blackberry then blackberries are the best devices uh, around but i think there's something to to learn for for now watching the trends and as p mentioned everyone has an apple now so it'd be interesting to see how they grow and we'll talk about that later on but just to to your question, Olu, no, I didn't predict Apple would be as big as it, it was 10 years ago to where it is now. 
it's funny you mentioned that. So that's why I ran to go and get my BlackBerry. Because I still got my BlackBerry. That, black, that BlackBerry is the best of the That's the Bold Night 700. I used to love this phone. I used to love this phone. Um, no, for myself, and then I'll pass it on to Daniel. So I used to work in a phone store. So I worked in um, at O2 when I was at university. And I think that's when I realized the power of Apple. And what I mean about that is we used to get additional bonus if we sold other phones apart from Apple. So <laughs> you, could, you could imagine people would come into the phone store and just be like, I want an iPhone. And you're like, oh, no, there's this other phone. You know, it's got great features, better camera. No, 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 I just want an iPhone. No, but it's, it's cheaper. No, I just want an iPhone. <laughs> and you're like, what the hell is going on here? Like, I didn't need to sell it. People were coming in like, I want this. This is exactly what I want, the iPhone. It has just such a manic, crazy community that the moment someone purchased an Apple product, they just got hooked to it. And... Mm. I think in life you live and you learn. And I hope this podcast is um, adding value to our listeners. But whenever that moment starts and you see a product that has that much moat, and I'm gonna, we're going to talk about what makes Apple special, but when it has that much moat um, innovation, you need to start investing. And that's one of the things I regret. Like I, when I was working in O2, I should have just been dollar cost averaging into Apple because... <laughs> You could, I could clearly see, I was front line and I could see what this product was doing, but I didn't. Mm. You live and you learn. Um, and I hope for our listeners, as you hear about my first interaction with Apple, if there's any product that has that sort of moat, and I'm not talking about Peloton uh, because they go through what they go through, but when you see a product like that, that's just <laughs> flying off the shelf, there's that moat, there's that ecosystem, there's that innovation start investing early and just continue investing if you've got like a 10 20 year plan but daniel what about yourself mr gadget <laughs> well I'll, I'll recall the first sort of interaction i had with apple and i recall vividly in the summer of 2007 i was looking to buy an ipod not the first generation one of the more advanced generations where it was a color screen it wasn't like the 50 cent one on um with snoop dog that video pimp not that not not that um not that ipod but it was the one where it revolved and it had They're taking us back um, still, it, it was silver you could get the different colors you could have silver and it had a color screen and i remember i was on a website called game and i was trying to order it i'd worked quite hard in my summer job at mcdonald's i thought okay i want to buy an ipod and if you recall at the time the thing the in thing were people having white headphones because that associated white headphones were associated mm. with Apple products and everyone wanted to be sort of in with, you know, I have white headphones, which means I have an Apple iPod. And I recall that I couldn't buy the iPod on the website. It was sold out and there was no sign of when it'll be back in stock. So I was looking online and I saw that, okay, you can pre-order an iPod touch, which was coming out in September. So I was like, mm, I'm not really sure how this is because this was the first sort of touchscreen Apple device. It was very different to what they had in the past for, music devices but nevertheless i ordered it and i got one and i really enjoyed it and the next year 2008 april um just shortly after that um, iphone was released three friends of mine for my 18th birthday bought me an, um, an iphone and you know you think wow you know yeah, it, was, it was a significant amount of money and i was like well i wanted a blackberry man i wish i had a blackberry but nevertheless i was still grateful it was it was a headache to try and unlock it um but really and truly Apple is a product-led company. 
And I don't think it's any happenstance that they are where they are now. When you look at what Steve Jobs did with the iPhone launch and his, I would say, his aspirations for the company, it was deliberate in the sense of they're here through the products that they've created, the constant innovation that they've led and how they are ubiquitous. When you think about Apple devices, they don't come with a manual because they're so easy to use. They appeal to all generations, young and old. You don't tell a two or three-year-old how to use an iPhone. They know like, okay, I touch it, it does this. I click here, it does this. So when you can appeal to the masses, you're always going to have sales. And, you know, when you look at their growth, and we'll get into a bit shortly, if they're to continue on this trajectory, which they grew 37% last year, if they did the same this year, of course, there are other factors that may inhibit that, such as supply chain um, problems, but they could be looking at the $4 trillion mark in a year's time. But let me not get ahead of myself. But yes, I think it's no surprise they are where they're now. I am very much engrossed in the Apple ecosystem. I have three MacBooks around me right now. I have an Apple keyboard. I have AirPods in my ear. I've got an iPhone. I've got the old iPod Nano that's uh, purple. I have an Apple Watch. I have an iPad Pro. Um, <laughs> so, so Daniel, I, I can't record everything. So Daniel, how much of that 365 billion comes from you? With all the products you own? Uh, over time. Uh, a couple, of thousand. Thousand. Not enough. <laughs> a couple of thousand yeah no nah, thanks dan like i i sent a picture for the listeners we'll put on our instagram page but i wanted to go through this diagram that i showed where it had the largest companies in 2008 and the largest companies in 2018 now i'm just going to read off some of the companies from 2008 you've got exxon You've got General Electrics, um, you've got Microsoft, AT&T, um, Procter & Gamble. Those were the largest U.S. companies in 2008. Um, that that list is kind of emotional. Some of the guys know why it's emotional. Um, <laughs> but if we fast forward to sort of the future, we look at the largest companies are Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and Facebook. So I wanted you guys what trends do you see with the shift from sort of 2008 to now? Um, and I'm going to tie in the next question, which was, which is what makes Apple so special and even these other companies so special? Why are they able to grow so much? What were some of the trends I'll, I'll, you saw? It's simple. The, the top 10 or when you look at the companies versus 2018, they're technology companies hmm. because technology and innovation is what the future is about. It's as simple as that. And what makes Apple so special? Their constant ability to innovate successfully, but also their constant ability to know when to drop something that's dead. You saw them look at the iTunes model where people would now have to buy for a single song or buy an, um, buy an album, 79p for a single song or £9.99 for an album in, in the UK. Spotify came and disrupted that whole, uh, that whole sort of, soft um, service that they offered so apple maybe not quickly enough but they adapted to offer their own version of a streaming service uh, through um through apple music and they completely abandoned the whole itunes app across all devices they changed into a service model which they weren't previously doing when you look at peloton that offer you know the, the either the treadmill or the bike but also a, an app by itself and a subscription-based model 
Apple introduced the fitness version of where you can have self-talk um, talk classes um, on a screen and you go along with it and you can track your progress on an Apple Watch. When you look at the their sort of the MacBook, the iPad, the iPod, AirPods as well, they're constantly moving into different markets. And I think what sets them apart is when we look to the future, there's a huge opportunity for them to delve and look at, say, artificial intelligence, to look at the metaverse, look at a wearable uh, device like a pair of glasses. But the number one competition for them or why they want to succeed so badly is because of that rivalry they have with Facebook. Mm. It's evident they hate each other to the core, both of them. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get and they're both it. trying to, they're both trying to, you know, be the first or take that market share of say delving into artificial intelligence, virtual reality, mm. and into the metaverse. If you notice what Apple have been doing in the last sort of keynotes when they launch an iPhone, they always have a piece, a segment of augmented reality from someone in the gaming industry who will talk about how they can use the iPhone to, you know, whether it's going to be um, vis- uh, 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 not, what's it, virtual reality or whether you're trying to change your room and, you know, figuratively put your sofa here and try and lay it out into an augmented reality space or to play, you know, a game in great graphics. And I think they're gearing up to look in at really heavily investing in that space. And, you know, who knows what the future will hold for them. But I think... One thing I'd say is when Steve Jobs passed, a lot of people were very, they, they weren't so sure how Apple would continually innovate and continually be the best at what they do because there was someone coming in who they weren't so sure. He might have been a safer, more conservative bet. But really and truly, when you look at the success that Tim Cook has done since he took over from Steve Jobs and where he's grown it, you, you can't fault the man. You can't fault him, honestly. For sure. We'll get into the numbers later, but I'll, I'll pause for that. P, what did you notice when you saw the the chart? And yeah, I think then you summed up really well. Um, uh, I, I think you know you see you know the rise in tech companies, but I think also one of the things you 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 have to take attention to is is how quickly tech companies can iterate. Right, they can launch something, they can see if it works, and then they can pull it just because of the nature of technology. So I think I think um, it was a no brainer to see Google, you know, Facebook, Apple. Um, all of which are, you know, building their user base on a yearly basis, um, topping the charts. So, so I think I think Daniel pulled out some really, really great points there. You said no brainer. So, how much shares of Apple, um, Facebook, Google? <laughs> uh, you, you must have had a yeah. No, I don't. I don't know any. No, you know, I'm not. A, we, we, we've been through this. I'm not a stock guy. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself, Shiva? I hold one position. I hold one position, which I'm going to lose. <laughs> and that's lad. <laughs> no, no, I hold, I hold one. Um, oh, stock hold, position. position. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm going to exit soon, but we'll get. In, we can talk about that another time. I mean, uh, sure. I think on 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 my end, I think it just it just reinforces the point the point that uh, technology is really the enabler. The fact they can scale exactly what P and Daniel have have uh, mentioned. It'd be interesting to see how many of these companies will be number in the top five in 2028. Because I think, and not to do a shameless plug, but in the last takeaway episode, I did share about. Um, a founder of a company who has built and sold multiple companies for billions of dollars. And he said specifically, this next decade with regards to Web 3.0 and tech scaling even more will be a year where some of the biggest companies will be founded. So it'll be really interesting to see how that scales wow. along with um, 
with this trend. And then, then just regarding what makes Apple special, Olu, so the second part of your question, I think we've spoken about the the customer customer focus. So their products that they have, they're, they're continuously updating it. And that alone builds like a, a loyal brand following where people are almost paying $1,000 to mm. buy your product. And then that investment, they are marketing it for free to their friends, to their families, to everyone around them. So that's a powerful tool to be a high-end consumer product where the marketing speaks for itself. I think the other thing when when doing a bit of research for this episode is how strong the financials for Apple really is. So I think if you look at their cash flow, which really um, opened my eyes to it, they are generating um, in their latest balance in their latest balance sheet. They have cash flow of ninety three billion dollars, which is mind blowing. And if you dig into that a bit deeper, so cash flow it can be split into three three buckets: operating cash flow, which is the cash flow that they're generating from their day to day business; investing cash flow, which is how much they're reinvesting into the business; and then financing cash flow, which is more debt instruments, etc. Now, just their operating cash flow alone. So this is really their day to day cash flow from their business. In the last five years, it's gone from 63 billion to 104 billion. Now that is almost the GDP of Qatar as a country. Now, if you if you if you think about a business that's generating hundreds of billions of cash flow, now if you translate that into what they can do in terms of reinvestment, their R and D, they're spending 20 billion a year. Now you've got a business where the financials, if we found any property deal that's generating those numbers, we'll be buying that uh, left, right, center. So I think that financial strength is also a full credit to them where they continue to to grow. And then the, the last point that I I really admire Apple for is the margins that they have in extracting money from existing customers. I think P mentioned about how once you're in the the, the Apple system, then you can generate more and more revenue. So their services is 60% margin. And their devices are 35%. Typically, devices you'd think is a low-margin product. But 35% and 60% margin on, on any product. Again, if that was our product that we were selling, we'll be um, extremely pleased. So you put all of that together, it's going to be very interesting to see where Apple grows in the, in the next uh, decade. Because their numbers, their marketing, everything comes together. And they've got a powerful, powerful... Uh, Value proposition, mm. and Olu, I don't and have on, any shares. And on that, not sure. You know, said in a decade, see where they go. You know, as I was alluding to earlier, in the last decade under Tim Cook's leadership, Apple has grown to market value of almost two point seven trillion. Yeah, so that's enormous. And when you think about the pandemic and the corona, the, um, sorry, the coronavirus pandemic, they reached a uh, market capital, capitalization of three trillion. Um, that was a value increase of a 1 trillion in less than 16 months. Yeah, and that is good. absolutely phenomenal. And just to, just to add on that point, Oli, where the, the, num- the companies you shared of the top 10, 2008 versus 2018, when you look at it, a more updated version, you know, when you look at the likes of Tesla, who are also valued at more than 1 trillion, of course, that fluctuates quite a lot. Um, Amazon, of course, Alphabet as well, and also oil company um, Saudi Aramco of about 2 trillion and then Microsoft that's about 2.5 and with their recent acquisition um you know they're going to probably soar even greater in the next 5 10 years as well so i think it's it's going to be some some big boys in the big leagues yeah. for sure for sure no like i agree yep. with everything you guys said um i sort of tied it into some key pillars right i think number one which Shawal mentioned is customer first and when i mean customer first customer in regards to quality like Apple's quality and customer service is the best in the world, right? 
when they started to make those Apple stores with the genie bars, um, the quality of their phones is it's better than a lot of other competitors that I've used in the market. The next one was around first mover, which I think P mentioned, right? The ability to innovate and be the first when it comes to releasing the iPad, right? Prior to under, prior to the customer saying, this is what I need or copying, they came out with the iPad, iPod, iPhone, all these different um, innovations. So this is one of the big things. Um, Daniel mentioned in regards to sort of the ecosystem, right? And they've created such a great moat. And what moats means for some of our listeners is, how are you some sort of ability to maintain competitive advantage over your competitors, right? And you're able to protect long-term profit. And Apple's moat is their ecosystem, that the Apple ecosystem that they've created. I think one of the big frustrations for some people initially was that when you bought an iPhone, you couldn't use it with any other like technology. Like you couldn't just download stuff to your iPhone unless you went through the iTunes um, store. You couldn't download apps on your phone e- unless you went. Even yeah. even if trying to use it with a, a PC, if it wasn't a MacBook, it was so difficult to do anything. <laughs> yeah, and now That's by actually, them no, creating. No, no, like, no, no. Yeah. No, I was going to say that was actually one of the reasons why I was ride or die with uh, with BlackBerry or Blackberry. any other other phone. But eventually they stuck you in. Now I've been paying Apple Music for the last two years and I'm not stopping. <laughs> and people won't leave, right? The moment they get you into their system, you're locked in because of how sticky it is. We also have to remember most companies have to pay Apple as well. For them to put their apps on an app store and for customers to use it on an iPhone, Apple gets a percentage of their revenue in that sense that they make through that channel. So it's like they've created a product, an ecosystem where other companies also have to pay them just to be on their platform. So those are the reasons where I was like, yo, this is special. Even for our listeners, whenever I think about creating a company or the businesses I have, I'm always thinking about what is the quality? What is my model and ecosystem to keep people locked in? Um, how am I going to innovate the space? I'm not just out here to copy. Like, what can I do that's different in whatever space that I'm working in? And that's why I think they're special. And I think we're going to quickly move over to, because I know we've got some time, but we're going to quickly move over to our prediction for the future of Apple, right? Just quick, yeah. So, yeah, go on. No, Olu, just quickly, I actually, I think I wanted to add one more point um, around what makes the company special. Um, they got strong brand loyalty in some of the biggest markets and we've discussed. But I think one point we can't overlook is love him or hate him, the story behind Steve Jobs. And this also speaks to um, founders and CEOs building stories because actually people buy into that, right? So a lot of people have made a decision based on the profile of Steve Jobs. If you look at Jeff Bezos today, um, some, people follow, some people know more about him than they know about the company or that's what pulls them to Amazon. You know, so that's that's something which um, still people people remember today and think about um, Steve Jobs' his story um, and and where it is today. Cool, Dan. I think you started talking about it, so I'm going to start with you. But I think why don't you talk about the future? What you think is the future of Apple? The risk that they might face, but then also tie it with if you can name three to five companies that you think in the next ten years will be the largest company. So look at your crystal ball. Look deep into it. Imagine <laughs> which businesses are going to be 
at the top of that list. And the great thing about this is this is recorded and stored. So it'll be great in 10 years time to actually look and say, okay, were we right? Were we wrong? Um, for the listeners, this is not financial advice. This is our prediction, um, our opinion. We're just random guys talking to you. If you want to invest, please get financial advice from a specialist. But Daniel, why do you start? First of all, I want to just pick up a note when you're saying about how Apple get money from um, the Apple Store from developers who create games and apps and they get a percentage. People may not also know that Apple receive about $8, billion, eight to $12 billion in payment each year from Alphabet to allow and have Apple have Google as the default the search on its devices. Yeah. And of course, legislators are looking into that because there are concerns around you know, that, that whole that whole um, area. But when you look about, okay, who are their competitors going to be or in the next 10 years, one thing many companies in the past have done, you know, Blockbuster being one of them, is they're comparing themselves to established companies that are out and there at the moment as, okay, as long as we are ahead of them, we're, we're good. There's no competition. When you look at Blockbuster and Netflix, Blockbuster had the opportunity to, you know, be bought by Netflix or to collaborate with them. They just dismissed them. But look at Netflix now. Where's Blockbuster? Not a store on the high street to be seen. So Apple need to be cautious enough not to compare themselves to, say, a Facebook or Microsoft or those companies that are established right now. As Shwell said, in the person who came and gave uh, one of those founders, with the development of Web3 and the metaverse and other technologies, some of these companies are yet to be founded. So these companies are the ones that they need to be very careful because innovation's at all-time high, that they can quickly create a company that will really captivate and have a meaningful impact. But to be more specific, when you look at the next 10 years, I think Apple will certainly be up there. I think Meta, formerly known as Facebook, will be, um, you know, be there just due to Mark Zuckerberg's insatiable hunger to be the best. I think Microsoft has shown their credibility of how they've been able to survive, you know, the countless of years they, they've been there and the way they've adapted their business model and looked even with, actor, with their, their recent acquisitions and even acquisitions that are growing in, in terms of numbers as well by, by amount. Um, and I think there are many companies that will deploy resources into Web3, companies that are, have founded themselves in the digital space that I think will have a huge impact and will grow tremendously because of the way we're moving as a human race, especially with millennials really buying into this innovative way of living when we think about a whole digital experience, when we think about the more online presence and less in real life experiences. I think many companies are going to have an opportunity to really be the leaders in this space, but also going to be a lot of acquisitions. Yeah, I think, Daniel, you mentioned something. Um, I'd, I'd like to get your take on it. Um, do you think we're going to see that much like new companies get into this list? Because I don't think so, personally. So, and what I mean about that is someone starting up a company, um, it could be Metaverse, whatever. I just think, like Shawan mentioned, how much cash some, some of these businesses have on hand, they're just going to be acquired and just fall into that ecosystem. Hmm. And especially yeah. with money is really cheap right now. Um, I think in the last few um, weeks, months, we've been hearing about fears of interest rate increasing, which means money is now going to become more expensive 
So it's not, these companies are going to struggle more and more and it's going to stay with the Apple, the Microsoft, the Facebook, which have such large amount of cash just staying there and ready to deploy. Yeah, you, you raise a good point. There could be a lot of acquisitions, you know, M&A deals as well. Um, and of course, when you grow your company and you've seen it grow that way, it's very hard to, to turn away, you know, such gargantuan amounts of, of money into your pocket. But who, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? I, I'm being very liberal deliberately in, in, my, in, my, in my thoughts and what I say. But I think that it's going to be a huge shake-up and there's going to be some some surprises, I believe, personally. So cool. uh, just, to, just to very quickly piggyback, Daniel. So I think the top five will remain the top, will be in the top 10. So Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Meta. So I think they will remain. I actually think the next five will be something crypto web 3.0 related because I think the way that Daniel has explained, the opportunities that are coming the next 10 years, um, I think that is really the, the wave. Specifically, if it can be Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Solano-based, then I would be extremely pleased. <laughs> <laughs> so if I could talk up my own book, then perfect. But yeah, I do think the next the next five will be somewhere in the, in the crypto space because the, the speed in which they can scale and the accessibility of people and their mobile devices, I think, will unlock a lot of a lot of value. So that's my very quick one. That's a good that's a good ad. I'm looking forward to see if that's the case. Um, P, what REIT yeah. is going to be number re- one in the future? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm real estate investment is going to be. I haven't got I haven't got a view on on the new entries, but I I um I echo with what you say in terms of um anyone that does sort of pose a threat to that list will potentially be acquired uh, because the, these these companies are well positioned to do that. Um, and I think it's going to just be a battle of the top five as we see it today. Um, yeah, they've just, they've just got so much ground in the market. They've been operating for years now. I think, I think um, let's not forget how, how many years these guys have actually been in the market operating, working on new products and launching. Um, so yeah, you're almost, you're pretty much almost looking at monopolies. That's good to hear. Um, on my side, I'm not going to mention any of my oil and gas investments. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure if <laughs> I'm not sure if they're going to be in the top ten. Maybe not even in the top twenty. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to repeat the guys. I think the companies that they've mentioned um, are definitely going to be in the top. Another company that I'm looking at that I think will be in sort of the runnings or the top is companies such as like Nvidia um, or AMD. So those um, semiconductors sort of chip companies, um, I think those are going to be big on the list just because we're seeing such a push to sort of this metaverse. And as we get more devices, more computers, um, the metaverse, they're going to need a lot of technology and chips associated to it. So that's, I think, the only other company. Um, Two other industries, but I don't have companies there, is going to be around sort of water. Um, We have like a water supply issue in the world. So any way of resolving that, um, I see that that's going to be, I I see as any company that's able to solve that um, problem is going to be top of that list. And then any sort of um, bio, sort of chemistry, um, sort of businesses, I can also see quite top of that list. But I think the big thing and the big takeaway for me is the companies with a lot of cash are going to still be at the top just due to the fact that I think with the interest rate 
increasing over the period of time, cash is going to become more expensive, which means these big companies are just going to have more cash to be able to innovate and acquire a lot of these different businesses. So one one anecdote while we're on this episode about Apple is we have um, a friend of the pod who has listened to every episode, who is a, is a good friend of mine. Um, and she, uh, her name I won't disclose, but she's she's been working at Apple now for a few years. And there's been moments... Well, first of all, when she joined Apple, she was given stock options, very attractive stock options. And during that period, there's been moments where she's seen how the share price has grown and she actually has been thinking about selling it. And every time she's been thinking about doing that, she's contacted her father and her father is an old school investor. He buys things to hold and he's never trying to to sell sell anything. And she's probably gone to him at four or five different moments. And every time he said to her, the wealth game is the long term game. Do not sell unless you have to. And she's now kept those stock options until today. She has not sold a dime and she's had them for about five years. So if you look at Apple's market cap over the last five years, you can see how those options have just continued to appreciate. And she's working in a company that she really enjoys working in as well. So I think there's a lot of lessons in there in terms of things that we've spoken about in many other episodes. But I think whether you're working in a company or you're investing in a company like Apple, the value is really in the in the long term. Sure, on that, that's, that's fantastic. And on that note, you know... Uh... She got any discounts available? <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, you know, you know, so actually, on, on that, I have um, a guy that I'm doing who's studying with me at Cambridge. He also works at Apple, and he can give me a discount, kind of friends and, and family. So I cancel you. The seventeen percent, cool, because my connect just left last month. So oh, then I'll I'm go your back, Daniel. I'll go your back. <laughs> oh, cool, back cool. my connect left. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic, Shua. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, for the listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We've deep dive into Apple. Um, try to look at their business model. Why are they the largest company in the world? And then we've zoomed out to look at, in the next 10 years, who's going to be those top companies? What are some of the trends we're going to see with those top companies? I hope you've enjoyed listening, and I'll give it over to Daniel. So you've heard it from Olu. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation. Apple is a $3 trillion company. Let's see who's next. Until next week, when I'm going to be sharing something exciting and surprising in the Take Flight Takeaway, which you do not want to miss. Look after one another and stay safe. God bless. Take off, take flight with you. Yeah, we never fly away.